0: Welcome to Are You Awake? I'm Ari. I'm Alex. And we are here with two special guests, Amber and Stacy. Yeah, would you guys like to tell the people who you
1: are? I'll let you go first. Uh, My name is Amber Cecil. Uh, I actually live up in in the Greeley-Evans area, but I'm a mama and uh, I sit on some boards, like the, the board of the Greeley Republican Women the board of the Moms for Liberty Northern Colorado chapter, um, Weld County chapter, and um, the Weld Faith Partnership Council. So, sit on some of those things and I sort of got involved with this because my daughter was going to a charter school. We sort of thought, like, it was like a great place to be. We'd always heard just really good things about the charter school and there was like a shift that happened. Somewhere from kindergarten to second grade there was a shift and I wanted to know what it was, so I started digging. We actually ended up pulling her out of that school, but um, mm. I just wanted to do some diggings. So that's sort of how I kind of got involved
2: in all of this to begin with. Right. Um, my name is Stacy Castile, and um, I also am a mom. I live in Greeley, and um, when my daughter, um, who's my oldest child, was about six months old, um, I had already known that I was never going to put her... And the Greeley Evans School District because it was such a mess. Um, She had a half-brother that was going through and I was just flabbergasted about um, the lack of education he was honestly getting. And so um, I actually had put her on a wait list for the same um, charter that Amber's daughter had gone to. Um, But we ended up moving to Fort Collins before Uh, She even started kindergarten, so I thought, phew, I'm safe. It's Fort Collins. Fort Collins is so much better at, like, everything than what Greeley is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then we ended up moving back to Greeley, and um, I thought, okay. I found K-8. through It was (laughs) not—it's kind of a weird situation. It's not the neighborhood school but it's not necessarily a charter school either. Um, You have to apply to get in, but it's still part of the Greeley Evans School District. And I thought this is a way better place um, to go in Fort Collins. My daughter was not learning anything about the United States of America, but could make an amazing Islamic flag um, at arts and crafts time. Uh, my husband is in the Air Force, and as you can imagine, that did not fly for him. So, uh, my stepson was going to this school, and I thought this is way better. They say the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. So, like, right there, leaps and bounds. Um, so, we got my daughter into there, and um, shortly after that, I started to see more of the cracks um, in the district more firsthand. And so, that's when I really started to become more, more involved, um, and then now I have a son who is six um, that I he will never, ever, encounter the Greeley Evans School District um, unless there's some type of drastic change, and and honestly I don't think he'll ever attend public school because um, no matter what we do with the superintendents, no matter what we do with the school boards, that craziness that's going through is it's running rampant in the public schools. And so Mm -hmm. he'll probably always go to a private school. Um, and so I've really gotten involved. Um, I started out, um, sorry, this is a little long winded. Um, I started out, um, attending a Greeley Republican women's meeting and it was right after the 2020 election. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is my place. Mm -hmm. Um, and then shortly after that, January 6th, happened and um, the Greeley Evans School District sent out an email to us offering um, North Range Behavioral Health so counseling um, for the students for the traumatic events that happened at the US Capitol and that was pretty much I had had some times where I had spoke up to them and said this isn't okay but that was pretty much the the final the final one, um, I send them probably an email at least twice a month, um, if, they're, if they are lucky. Um, <laughs> and so I, I really started to say, wait a minute, like, you know, what about the entire summer when we had Black Lives Matter burning our state down? There was a Black Lives Matter rally in Greeley. There
1: was one here, right? Um, there was one here in Berthoud.
2: Yeah. And so we, I, I asked them. Why weren't you guys offering behavioral health services? It was COVID. Mm -hmm. It was locked, you know, in your house time. Mm -hmm. You guys didn't have any type of suggestions then. And so um, it was kind of that turning of events that made me start to really start to pay attention at a deeper level of what was going on. I started attending the school board meetings. Um, I got on the World Faith Partnership Council Um, I am on the Human Services Advisory Committee um, and I have decided that I am going to be running for school board in the Greeley Evans School District uh, this November. So that's in a nutshell kind of how I got to where I am.
3: Nice. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's awesome to see moms getting involved and getting on fire and not tolerating what is happening.
2: Yeah. Um, I've disabled my TikTok. Only because I could see what a time suck it was, and not so much because who's finding it. Um, but my, my, my handle on there was uh, Mama Bear Will Eat You. <laughs> no. And it was because when it was, what was it, musically before, um, before it was TikTok or whatever, my daughter had it. And it w- we're starting to kind of hear about how maybe mm-hmm. predators were using it to get access to children. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. the only way that she could keep it was I had to lock it all down and then I created an account so that I could stalk her. And so that was why I picked Mama Bear Will Eat You because I thought if I ever saw, you know, if she posted a video of mm-hmm. somebody I didn't know, you know, commented, it was like
4: yeah. <laughs> immediately <laughs> like, oh, right.
2: maybe I should not talk to this person or kids so. <laughs> That was kind of my hope, but yeah. yeah. It's, I think it's great to see um, we, are, we are in this time where the mama bears are done, and I think mm-hmm. we are um, shaking our husbands awake as well, mm-hmm. and, and they're getting more involved too.
1: Yeah, and my, my husband definitely doesn't like any kind of confrontation. He tends to be, you know, like... But I see him get angry now when I'll come home and I'll say, "Oh my gosh, you are not going to believe the email that Stacy got. Oh my gosh, you are not going to believe what I just found out." Mm-hmm. And I tell him and he kind of is just like, "What?" So now he's, you know, he's paying attention more and sending me things and um but still kind of let's let's, you know, us do the the legwork, but you know, they've got our backs and it's good to know that too. Well, and
2: I think too if it came down to it, if we said hey, there's a school board meeting, you guys need to yeah, come, you need to be there. we be need there. to fill the room or whatever, they mm-hmm. would definitely, yeah. and my husband has recently started going as well when he's off.
1: Yeah, because the interesting thing about it is when we show up, they like to uh, fill fill the room. It's like a there's a room that they have to go in, you have to gain access through some doors and through security, of course, mm-hmm. and they tend to put us in the overflow almost immediately. Yeah. Um,
2: so they know. Uh, they have the, the boardroom has two entrances. There's the main entrance, and then there's like a little back door by the dais right next to you know, the board members can come in that way without, you know, going through the, the commoner's <laughs> door. Um, <laughs> but what we started to notice um, in January, January, I think it was, we started to notice. That we weren't getting into the boardroom anymore, the door would be locked. But we would see people coming in, and uh, they were wow. con- what I would consider maybe a nobody. It wasn't a board member. Mm-hmm. It wasn't um, a super. The superintendent. It wasn't no. any of her cabinet. It was. It wasn't even really
1: teachers or administrators no. or anything of that nature. It was. It wasn't somebody that you would be like, oh, they need to be there because they're presenting, or they need to be there. It was not
2: very obvious, and. Um, I actually had a sit-down conversation with the gentleman that's going to be taking over for um, security, the, to be the head of security, um, when the current guy who's doing it retires, which is maybe he's, this year... He's
1: also the mayor of Greeley.
2: Just yeah, also the there. mayor. Um, and mm-hmm. so I said, what is the deal with this? Like, why is this happening? Because um, at one meeting, I actually got in that door, and I got into the, sorry to the boardroom, Um, but then the next meeting, so two weeks later, I tried to go in through the same door again and I was stopped and he said, Stacy, you can't go in this way. You need to go to the other door. And I said,
3: Mm. okay. So I went
2: to the other door and I started taking pictures of all the people inside of it and I posted it on Facebook and I tagged them in it, you know, saying like, oh wow, look, you guys are telling some people they have to come through this door and, but letting obvious other people and. Mm Uh, the future head of security had said that uh, it is, they are letting people who are presenting come in that door because it is getting, the, the boardroom is filling up a lot more and they want to make they sure have. that they have a seat. Mm-hmm. But um, he, he, was, he was actually great because uh, the last meeting that we had in February, um, we have a group called the Greeley Dream Team And they are a a foundation that raises money to help give Greeley Evans District 6 graduates um, scholarship money. Mm -hmm. And they had probably 60 people in their group. And so he had actually told me that day, hey, you're not going to be able to, you're probably not going to find a seat inside the boardroom. But he said as soon as they leave, because they'll leave as soon as the presentation is done but not the meeting, Mm -hmm. he said, you know, we'll let you and and he was great he probably reached out to me like three or four times hey there's you know four extra seats and so then I would go and tell my friends like okay we got you know some people can go in mm-hmm. um, I was not able to attend the meeting that they had this last Monday but they um, said that he was doing that again where he would come mm-hmm. it was very you know polite to the to our side because that's that's really what it's come down to was pretty much our side and their and side. The
3: side yeah mm-hmm. for sure that's yeah. so true. I true. think people realize that things are happening at a local level. The messiness of politics isn't at the the top level. it's happening right in our hometowns.
1: yeah, yeah. And that's exactly where it needs to be happening and absolutely you know it's 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 actually it's great to see that it's not just us
4: mm-hmm. like that
1: have been dealing with things. It's not just us that have seen it um that we have this this great amazing group of of parents who' have decided that. Enough is enough. Yep. We're done. Mm-hmm. And we have to have a voice in this. So that would be kind of my advice for people is if if uh, even if you can't flip a board, which that's the hope, right? Mm-hmm. That we can flip a board and we can we can turn it so that it's not all this left ideology that's coming through. But even if you can't flip it and you can flip A seat and you can have mm-hmm. one person in there who's just pokes, 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 pokes right. makes it annoying, right? Yeah. That 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 can sometimes, you know, do something. It actually brings awareness because then right. you have somebody who's on the floor who's bringing things up, who's mm-hmm. bringing awareness to things. So then people in the room are going to go, wait a minute, why yeah. didn't they let that happen? Or why, you know, why, why is this going on? Right. Well, I think it's so. going
2: to encourage more parents to stand up mm-hmm. as yeah. well because um, parents are scared to stand mm-hmm. up. Um, you know, lots it's, of reasons. It's yeah, lots definitely. of reasons. Probably
1: retaliation on their kids. Yes, would be, I would think the number one reason
2: why they don't. For sure.
0: And, I mean, and the bullying in schools. Absolutely. Are, bullying awful. from
2: teachers. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Teachers. All the staff. Um, you know, and you're right. Retaliation. Um, I had complained about um, some of the curriculum that my daughter was getting. Um, it was. Social emotional learning and critical race theory um, to a T, and mm-hmm. so I I had originally reached out to the teachers and said I have a problem with this, um, and I'm not sure who if they were intimidated or if they were trying to intimidate us, but parent teacher conferences were a couple of weeks later, and the one of the assistant principals had asked if she could join us my husband and i when we went to go talk to just two of the teachers the ones that i complained about um Mm -hmm. so that she could take notes about you know the encounter so i don't know if the teachers said hey we don't want to be left alone with these people can you sit in here or you know make sure that nothing got out of control i'm not sure Mm -hmm. but um that that could definitely be intimidating for parents too right Mm -hmm. like oh man the assistant principal had to sit in and during parent teacher conferences, you know, I don't, I don't want to say anything again, or some of those fears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that
1: you know, I and I don't want to say that there are bad, that every teacher in the district is bad because they're not. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some incredible educators, um, but I do think that they are, you know, getting their voices limited on what it is mm-hmm. they can speak on because they're afraid, yes. they're afraid to lose benefits, or they, they're afraid they might get fired, or they might not get um, uh, that next step up in, in their pay grade or, or whatever the case may be. So and it's it's these these things that are coming in that they're they're being essentially forced to do. Yeah. That they you know, a lot of them they just end up leaving. Before, They've been leaving districts. They bef- go for less pay in, in private schools or less pay and you
2: know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So before school started, I think it was right before, you know, the teachers come back and a little bit before the students do and I mean, we had a principal, um, they fortunately didn't tell me who, because I probably would have done something with that, politely. Um, and, <laughs> Always and, politely. In Christian love. Um, <laughs> but th- the principal told the staff, you need to put your white privilege away. You need to check your white privilege at the door. That's this great. is the principal like trying to get his staff ready for the school year, so it, it's... It's really hard because of it's how intricate, intricately well, this is in everything. And yeah. we
1: can—I mean—we can talk about that. We'll touch on that a little bit because Go for it. because with social emotional learning, that is essentially what they're doing. So SEL, you may hear it as SEL. It is or
2: social emotional redirection.
1: Yeah, th- they because one. they keep changing the terminology. They, they even keep changing the definition. To be honest with you, so um, I actually have what Castle says it is, and Castle is sort of the they set the gold standard for what social-emotional learning is. It's the um, the uh, collaborative for academic social and emotional learning. So they kind of set the tone for everything. They're the, the top uh, when it comes to integrating this. Um, so their definition of social-emotional le- emotional learning is we define social and emotional learning as an integral part of education and human development. SEL is the process through which all young people and adults acquire and apply knowledge, skills, and attitudes to develop healthy identities, manage emotions, and achieve personal and collective goals, feel and show empathy for others, establish and maintain supportive relationships, and make responsible and caring decisions. So really when you're looking at that with an uncritical eye, Mm -hmm. you're kind of like, okay, they use some really fancy language, some really feel-good words in there, and so, I really think that that's sort of how they've duped parents mm-hmm. into this, is because parents are like, yeah, you know, my kid my kid probably does need to learn a little bit more of how to control their emotions, and I want them to be able to make really good um, caring and responsible decisions. I right. want those things for them, but little do they know that this is actually, it really is a, a vehicle to bring anything into the school. Right. Um, they, they sort of approach this castle, and when I say they, I say castle. Approaches it from a whole school, whole community, whole child aspect.
2: Mm. Well, and I think some of the parents also are very interested in it because, I mean, nobody wants your kid to get bullied, right? right. Nobody wants somebody to be yep, mean they bring it in under the guys to your, your anti-bullying kid. And so they think, oh, good, you know, Alex is finally going to learn how to act right, you know, kind of that mentality. Yeah. And, you know, to be upfront and, and honest, um, we, I... I'm assuming you as well, are not necessarily against the ultimate concept, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to be a jerk. You don't want no. kids to be jerks, and, and they're pretty notorious for that, right? We, um, have, we have a funny hashtag. We won't say it on this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I remember something similar to this. Um, but we talked about warm fuzzies and cold pricklies, so when you're nice to somebody and you help somebody out, that's mm-hmm. going to give them a warm fuzzy. Mm-hmm. But if you're mean to somebody and you hurt them, that's going to give them a cold prickly, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and how that might, you know, warm fuzzies, people mm-hmm. are going to want to be your friend. Cold pricklies, nobody's going to want to talk to you, kind of. So there's not a problem with that. It's to the extent that it now goes. Um, mm-hmm. It And social-emotional learning is very intertwined um, with critical race theory. It's, very intertwined. It's actually very hard to try to separate the two. You you really can't have one without the, without other. the other. Because mm-hmm. if you look at it from the stance of... So critical race theory is the ideology that, based off of your race, you may have had more opportunities naturally or less opportunities naturally.
4: Um,
2: and so... What they're doing and how they're intertwining them is by saying, if you see the black child, you should let them win because they're probably already at a disadvantage. Um, you know, something along those those lines. So, right, you're being nice and polite, and that's how they're trying to introduce it, but really it's, it's becoming racist. Right, Every-
0: it's like so... The op like they're trying so hard not to be racist and trying to be so nice diverse. that it's like yeah. actually turning into
2: it the is, opposite it, is. Um, it is my problem. children are mixed my daughter is half white shocking right <laughs> um, and and sure? half half Hispanic my stepson is half white half black and then my my son my youngest son is half white half black and one of the things that I say over and over. You guys are not victims. Your yeah. skin tone has never decided any outcome in your life, right. um, and 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 it won't. You know, you're going to encounter racist people, right? Because evil is everywhere. You yeah. can't get you can't get away from it. Yeah, right. I mean, well, it's in, like
0: women too. Women were very much pushed down in mm-hmm. society, and it, and it's like, what. Well, are you going to do that for women too or are we going to well, do that for... Well, i sorry Ari, backwards. we don't even know
1: how
2: to define a woman these <laughs> uh, right. days. And that's what I was just going to say, we, we definitely are going backwards in that, yeah. in that whole thing, you know. Um, I was a tomboy as a kid and I loved to play sports, loved them. But, I would rather have the satisfaction of playing a game of basketball at lunch wearing my shoes, my heels, and my dress, because we had a basketball game that day, and playing basketball with the boys and making a three-pointer on them, than them giving me, you know, or, or me saying, okay, you guys can't guard me because I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta make it equal for me. Like, instead mm-hmm. of that, you know, that's, right.
3: and, and it
2: goes the same way women as it does mm-hmm. um, ethnicities, you know. Um, I would rather have my children, you know, excel despite whatever society thinks for the reasons why they shouldn't excel. Well,
1: that's—I mean—that's it. It's—it's it's approaching every situation as a racist situation. Right. So everything is through the race. Everything is through the lens of racism. So you say because you're white, you have privilege, mm-hmm. um, and actually, you know, you—you you need to. You need to check that at the door. Yes. And if you're black or you're or you're brown or even even if your immigration status is is, is not, you know, a citizen, that you're immediately, no matter what, you have a disadvantage. You're a victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so really when when all of this social emotional learning has come into the schools, it really is a driver for equity. Mm-hmm. And we know that equity is not as it sounds. They try and interchange equity and equality to be the same thing and, and they just aren't. They're mm-hmm. not. Um, you know equity is, is uh, saying that you're going to have an equal outcome
4: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, equality is an equal opportunity. Right. And we want the equal opportunity. Kids mm-hmm. should have an equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. But what you get out of it is all what you put in. Yep. You're not going to get the same exact outcome for every child because, let's be honest, they're not going to put in the same effort no. yeah mm-hmm. because they're human beings that way well and they're not
2: going to do everything the same. Yeah. This also starts to open up a whole other Pandora's box I bet we didn't even have any real like realization that we were going to encounter but you know we've been so focused what the last four years, five years on pronouns
4: mm-hmm. maybe oh, not my. even that
2: mm-hmm. long but well, where we're starting to go now are adjectives mm. yes. And, and how, you know, holding on to, these are my adjectives, and you must respect mm-hmm. them. Um, the school board in Greeley, um, it's Greeley Evans District 6, so I might just say District 6. so But in District 6 at a work session, they had the school board members go through this workshop of talking about, what, what are your adjectives? And I mean, you. so you had to say four or five things, so... You know, I could say, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a Christian, um, I'm a woman, I am... We'll just do those four, I can't think of another fifth one. Mm -hmm. And then start talking about... Okay, now imagine someone didn't know what one of your adjectives were. So say you didn't realize I was a Christian, and you start telling, you know, that you're an atheist or something along those lines or Satanist and how that might be offensive to me because they don't realize that I'm a Christian and that they should respect that kind of a thing. And it's like, well, maybe we should just be teaching people, like, try not to be offensive, you know, in, in the first place or, or also not carrying offense, Right. you know? I mean, how whether you're religious or not how many yeah. people are walking in offense right. always ready to to be offended always ready to be triggered right? to be I triggered use that word triggered. um well for,
0: the society is creating a bunch of i would say narcissists yes 100 so that's, that's what it's leading to is we're just gonna have a bunch of narcissists well running
1: well we've changed from the golden rule you know the golden rule of do unto others as you would have them do unto you like yeah. treat me the way you would want to be treated, mm-hmm. and now it's this platinum rule, right? Mm-hmm. So it's treat me the way I want to be treated. Yeah, yeah. and
2: you should know. Well, that's ridiculous. I right. don't know how you want to be treated because yeah. that's it's, just that's I don't just, know just what a your ridiculous. In life I don't know. Yeah. Your... <laughs> well, and, and it's actually this entire concept of so I'm really upset that when you guys asked us to introduce ourselves, you didn't ask. My imaginary friend that was sitting right here the entire time to introduce themselves right Our you man. know like like wait a minute so now we have to actually know you have an imaginary friend it's, like... it's
1: things that are that ridiculous you yeah. know and and um and I do I do blame a lot of this on SEL because it's yes. been it's been in the school system for a while like mm. it really was introduced in the early 90s that was sort of the big push on it and but that's when it wasn't like it is now. Really, there was a big shift that sort of happened. Um, there was this, um, the Aspen Institute did this commission where they sort of reviewed SEL um, curriculum and they said, okay, we're going to look at this and then we're going to give some recommendations. Well, they said it's like all these people that it was a, a bipartisan. No, no, but no, it was not. If you start to look at the key players in it, the co-chair of this commission is the co-founder or co-whatever he wants to call himself of SEL,
4: mm-hmm. who
1: sits on the board of Castle. I don't know if he's on the board or if he's the CEO. Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So he's you know he's this he's a he's a big key player in this, and mm-hmm. you just kind of go, okay. So how can that be an unbiased look at this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, they came back with all of these suggestions. And the people who were involved really were, um, like, partner groups that they've been involved with. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that they said afterward was, well, we just want to make sure that all the resources are available to everybody. Well, it's because they wanted their resources to be available. Right. So, so Castle comes out in, in 2020 with this shift. It was a really big shift, too, um, from going from just SEL to a transformative SEL. And transformative SEL just brings in a whole other mess of things because this is where we're having to look at everything from a social socially acceptable answer right A yeah. uh, politically correct answer a politically correct lens on everything and so that's where it's just gotten a little messy and you you see the shift and you, you feel it um, and again they do this whole child whole community whole school aspect to it meaning it has to be part of every part of school yeah they, In district we're talking six, like they're... woodshop
2: and pe music Are, district six is now and added, entering it into music how, how do you um was uh, it castle that had um the the description of love bombing Oh, yeah, okay, so... I wanted to touch okay. on that with something that so, you had
1: said. So, okay, they're, they're basically putting this blanket on the entire school and saying, we're going to do this psychological mental health curriculum for the entire school, right? That's what we're going to do. Now, of course, we're going to come up with some kids who are going to be really difficult mm. to change, right? Mm. Because I've actually found that children who are rooted and Judeo-Christian values mm-hmm. tend to be really hard to shift out of that. Uh-huh. So it's really hard to get them to conform. So now we, we really need we need to com- combat that because we can't have children thinking for themselves. right? We need to teach them how to think and feel and react and decide. So, uh what was the state of Indiana? State of Indiana? Indiana. They uh, joined up with Butler University and they came out with a neuroscience what did I call it? A neuroscience toolbox. Like a like a way to combat this with lessons and a hundred different different videos that they can watch and one of the things they were talking about in it is neuroplasticity. I don't know if you know what neuroplasticity is.
0: I remember hearing about that. Okay, so
1: neuroplasticity is is sometimes it's referred to as the brain's like superpower. So mm-hmm. it's this concept that you can change the uh, pathways in your brain
4: right.
1: based on different stimuli and trauma and, and different things that sort of come at you. so mm-hmm. brains are not hardwired like they once thought, right Your brain right. really it, it develops rather quickly when you're little, um, and they really thought that for a long time it was hardwired. That was it. Yeah. Whatever you learned, that was it. But right. they've decided now that neuroplasticity exists and that you can actually change those pathways mm-hmm. by, by introducing different Habits, different feelings, different, mm-hmm. different ways of thinking and feeling. Mm-hmm. So now you've changed your brain. So essentially, they're trying to brainwash our children. Right. I mean, any way you, any any way you slice or dice it, they're trying to change how your child thinks and feels, mm-hmm. and changing the pathways in their brain. And I mean, they do that with with a few different things. Um, uh, propaganda being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, pro- you know, they'll have maybe posters or resources to posters that they can go ahead and print off, and they're going to be things that are, I mean, really subtle in a classroom. They might not necessarily be, like, right in your face, but but they're there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it'll be, like, posters like Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. or Love is Love Mm -hmm. or that communist fist or Mm -hmm. um, maybe changing out your American flag to a pride flag or changing out your American flag to a BLM flag. So it's not necessarily things that are just, like, here, we're shoving this in your face. Mm -hmm, But it's there. Yep. Yeah. And it and it's it's something they encounter every single day, right? Mm-hmm. Another thing that they do is is this um constant self-criticism. Mm. So always looking internally, like always looking at, well, what about your white privilege, right? Um these things like that or well you're black, so I'm sorry. You just you're yep. already oppressed, so mm-hmm. so it's, it's this constant like self look, and I and I think reflection is good. Reflection is not a bad thing, mm-hmm. but in the context that they're doing it, it just doesn't work, right? It just doesn't work, um, and then and then they do the love bombing. The love bombing is. Do You guys know
2: what love bombing is? Have you heard of it? I, don't I think I
0: have. I've heard of it with it's, like narcissists.
2: So that's and, why I wanted to bring it up because yes. Yeah. Yeah, so love bombing is what like what we're starting to find is like the number one tool that a narcissist will do Mm -hmm. so what they'll do is is you will do something that they don't appreciate or you know like and so then they will lash out at you and then you kind of go oh my gosh and then you know we're over or whatever you end up having to do and then they Mm -hmm. hit you they're, I love you, beautiful. I miss you, beautiful. I can't live without you, beautiful. Right. Oh, you're so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Good morning, beautiful. Yeah. You know, I'll They'll never spend do that a lot again. Of
0: time with you. Yes, yeah. yes.
2: Yeah. Sweep you off your feet, mm-hmm. and then the next time they're going to do, you know, snap at mm-hmm. you again, and then they keep doing they it, and it's like the doing. number yeah. one tool that narcissists use. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they do this with our kids in the in the way of well, you aren't
1: giving me the socially acceptable answer in mm-hmm. this, so you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Mm-hmm. But when you do the right habits and you do the right things, I'm going to praise you and reward yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? You see other kids looking at this going, well, I want praise and reward too, so yes. I'm going to do what they're right. doing. So yeah. it's easy to follow suit.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one of the other things they do is isolation. Isolation is huge for kids because mm-hmm. they want to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Adults want to be accepted. We mm-hmm. see it in, a, in grown adults that, that really they, they want to have a group of peers that accepts them and, mm-hmm. and um when you can use isolation as a tool for that love bombing, right? Mm-hmm. Well you didn't do what we wanted you to, you need to go over here. Kids when they feel that, they're going to avoid that at all costs. Mm-hmm. I know my daughter specifically has really big issues with being left out. That's a mm-hmm. huge thing for her. Mm-hmm. And and so that would easily be a way to manipulate right? right An
2: easy tool to use well and not only a tool to use but tricks to teach right
4: mm-hmm. I mean
2: sure. like you said mm-hmm. turning them into narcissists I, we are we are teaching them all of these very scary tactics um, and and then to just kind of an example of like how it could just randomly pop up um Oh, man, it's probably been about three or four years now. Um, my stepson was in the car. We were just chit-chatting, you know, and he says, uh, I don't think I'll ever be gay, no offense. And I was like, hold the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Back it up. Why,
1: why did you offending? say yeah.
2: no offense? Like, yeah. that's really weird. Right. Especially for, I think he was in seventh grade, like a seventh grader. Like, yeah. you're... Who taught you that that might be offensive to someone? Mm -hmm. Like, where is this coming from kind of a thing? And he said, well, at school, if you say you're not gay, they start to say that you're homophobic. Mm -hmm. And so they have to hurry up and cover their basis so that nobody Mm -hmm. cuts them down because they want to be accepted. They don't want to be isolated. They don't, I mean, I don't know. If, if, if somebody said, I, I don't think I'll ever be straight, no offense, I wouldn't be like, oh, huh! offended. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. And, and and I don't think that a gay person would would have the same response no. either if he would have said, I, I don't think I'll ever be gay, but right. cool. Not your cup of tea. No big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of a thing. And But this is what they're implementing. Um, we have a teacher in the District 6 that... Um, this is a little bit of telephone, so I'm not going to say exactly, but it sounds as if they have a high number of potentially transgender children in one classroom, and it's a fourth grade classroom. So oh it, it, it's just just learning this, Um, you know, there was a documentary called Transrect, I think it was Transrect. Transrect. I don't know. We've, we've done a lot. I know. There's we've, there's we've so many lot. documentaries. We've watched yeah. um, we've Oh, very good too. Um, no, it was my, the, mind the Mind polluters. Where they were okay. talking about, I'm I'm a nice person, and so I want to be an ally, right? Mm-hmm. So I join an ally group on Facebook. Go, gay people, yay, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then they said that when they were supporting them, then they had people start saying, Well, don't you think you're gay? You're probably gay. Oh, you like to play softball oh you're a lesbian you know like things like that Mm -hmm. and then it was like oh you like to play softball and you're a tomboy maybe you're trans you know Mm -hmm. and so it's it's all of this very subtle very kind of Mm -hmm. but it it all starts out of i want to be supportive Mm -hmm. i want to be inclusive Mm -hmm. but it's mind-blowing i guess that there's this ideology out there that there are people who are truly walking around Wanting to intentionally exclude people mm-hmm. just based off of their demographics,
0: right? Yeah. And w- this is kind of like a hard question to answer, so it's okay if you don't know the answer. But um, why do you think that schools are doing this? Because I know a lot of people are like, like, don't really know why. You mean SEL?
1: How- are you meaning like SEL or like?
0: Like, why do you think schools are really pushing this kind of agenda on kids? Indoctrination. Well, well, SDL
1: in itself is, like, one of the things that they talk about is that it's supposed to make you be, these children be better learners. Mm. It's supposed to make it be an easier child to teach. Mm-hmm. So, well, of course it's going to be an easier type child to teach because you're teaching them to all think the same exact thing. Right. But but that's really, and so I don't know that it was really is brought into districts with with bad intention, I really think that I think so. that it comes in with good intention. You I don't think so? so.
3: But well, I, 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 I do... mean, it
1: depends on who's implementing it, right? Yeah. So I think maybe there are people at the top that that it maybe has bad intention with, but I don't think the teachers who are in it are necessarily I don't, doing it. You know, there
2: are there are. I would agree, hundred percent. There are definitely are teachers that are not in it to to be. You know, they truly think that it's the right thing and it's a they good do. thing. Um, we do of, these like role playing things one of our too. school mm-hmm. board members currently um was a teacher in the district um i, th- I believe that she stopped with covid she was kind of like and eh, i'm done but she says up front honest she used to be 100% on board with SEL. cuz mm. she honestly thought in the way that mm. it was taught to her and the way that it was presented to her but when i think of like the big picture the castle where does that come from? Oh, I think that's 100% ill intention. Sure that
1: yes, I don't think that that's a good intention. Yes. And actually, I could take you down that rabbit hole, but we don't have five hours to kill. So, yes. but I could take you down that rabbit hole at some point. What um, whose
2: children are they? If you but have listen, not. I, but and
1: I can even go deeper into that because I've been, I've been unpacking this for a while. So, but I do think from the top, it's probably you know not a good not good. It's not good intention. I know it's not. But from the teacher aspect, that's why there's not a lot of pushback when it's initially being implemented. Because, really, teachers are thinking they're helping. I, and I well, really believe that. I really believe that they think that they're helping. And and so, when we, when we talk about that critical race theory is, is just embedded in this, they don't want to believe that. Because critical race theory, people don't like the idea of critical race theory. Well, but there's people out there who they've made it their life's work to, to build off of critical race theory. Um... um Ibram X. Kendi, do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. So he is actually a, a very, no, very well known author. Um, he is the one who wrote uh, 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 yeah. Ibram X. Kendi, he's the author of How to Be Anti Racist. Th- I was trying to think of the name and of the book, sorry. He actually declared that critical race theory was the foundation of his work.
4: Wow. Okay,
1: so he's, and, and he's widely accepted as this very wonderful, powerful, Activist who I mean he's on college campuses all the time. They had something with him at Ames Community College Um, His work explicitly calls for Explicitly calls for racial discrimination just discrimination to redress past injustices Okay, I mean it does it calls for that and here's a quote from him the only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination the only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. Oxymoron. And the only <laughs> remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. So that's actually from his uh, "How to Be an Anti-Racist." Wow. I, I believe oh, that's gosh. where that's from. But it's it's um. It's just this this idea of anti-racist, but but when you're saying anti-racist, then you are taking a completely other demographic and. Shunning them so, for yes. something. So mm-hmm. now they're telling white children, "Well, we're going to be racist against
2: you because you have white privilege, right?" right. Well, we have. Um, so all of the schools have a diversity team. DEI, diversity, um, equity, and inclusion. And Makes they they have. I wish I would have brought it. I should have thought of that. But they have ten. So the at Greeley West on that one out there um they have 10 subgroups to their diversity and i'm not going to be able to remember all of them but there's like family networking um there is equitable grading there is the lgbtia plus i believe is how those letters go um there's social and emotional redirection um uh, so many like it's it's absolutely insane and and they truly do think that they're like doing the right thing by you know um talking to them and and trying to include all of this but then when you take a step back and say okay that's great you guys are implementing this in your everyday lives but like how is this preparing our children for the for the real world, right? Like yeah. this stuff is not this isn't how this is really going to go in the real world. Right. But what they've done is and and kind of on to like when you had asked about why they're doing this, like I'm I immediately thought bigger picture. But it it exists. It, it, it is, is <laughs> to, to stop the independent thinking. It is to, mm. to stop that individuality you know that somebody might have that might possess because they want to make it fair mm-hmm. you know for for everybody um you know they talked about getting rid of the valid victorian and salute victoria salutatorian Sol- thanks um yeah. and really be because valedictorian. <laughs> because it's not fair you know and i'm like but how is it not fair i mean they work their butt off you to want get their... to push yeah. yeah Right. and and if I know that um, yeah, just socialist just gone. economy. Yes, and that's that's, that's the big vehicle that this is. And that that's is. the rabbit hole that would take me hours to get through. But that, that is, I, well, when they talk about, so they talk about getting our children ready. Um, it, Someone to has graduate to, to be to, in that new society, right? Mm-hmm. right? To graduate, you have to be career and college ready. That's what they call it. So you mm-hmm. think, right, I'm somebody that can learn a trade I'm somebody that can attend college that what you think but it's not it's actually are you inclusive
4: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. are you nice to people mm-hmm. that's what they're truly focusing on so they're dumbing down our kids it's, it's proven you know people think you're crazy for saying that you're not um, no we have currently just a couple of stats um, in 2020 the graduating class of 2020 for district 6 of the students that went on to college, 43% of them needed remedial classes. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, you can't call them remedial anymore because that's not inclusive and it might make somebody feel yucky inside that they have to go through that. Well, oh so one of the
1: other tools that they use, you know, in this neuroplasticity thing, um, they do these role playing scenarios. And usually it's something around something's social injustice of some kind, right? And so they have kids act out these different scenarios, and they have to come up with the solution to it, but it has to be a socially acceptable solution, right? Mm-hmm. So that's desensitizing our kids, right. mm-hmm. because you're telling them how to think and feel and react and um, decide, and mm-hmm. that's really the four components of this, is, is they want they want to rewire how they, how they think, but they're desensitizing to them to, to not know how to think because mm-hmm. now they're going to be presented a situation and they're only going to know how to respond in that manner. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one of the other big things that they really do. I mean, it's, it's in every grade, every mm-hmm. subject. Yep. Um, there's actually, out of South Carolina, there was a, a teacher's guide for a math class. And one of the things they said was, you need to come up with some feeling words, some some ways to, to share your emotions. In math? Mm-hmm. Like, why aren't we just teaching? I hate teaching? math. Like, why, <laughs> <That's> my emotion. <laughs> like, why aren't we just yeah. teaching math? So everything has to come at this this different type of approach, right? Yeah. Um, they, Castle's big push, too, is that this has to be tested. You have to assess this program. You have to know what's working and what's not working. Right. Well, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. We give them tests and exercises, and you watch them and you interview them. And when I say interview, I say that lightly because it's like an interrogation. Mm-hmm. Um, they do these exercises in class where they'll get questions and they've, they've got to answer them. And it might be something like, "How do you feel about your changing body? How do you feel about your your chest, your hair? I'm just kind of getting your into height the surveys, right? Yeah, yeah. so." They do a lot of surveys too, but we'll, we'll get there. So but these like are these are more like exercises because these would be
3: these
1: these would be more for like maybe like a middle schooler, right? Or they'll ask um.
2: Who does, no middle schoolers feels our, comfortable well, exactly in their because
1: <laughs> <Right>. because <laughs> boy that is the most <laughs> right. awkward time of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just yeah. so that's why we strange. laugh at it, right? I know like, because listen, at twelve I was the weirdest little thing. I, I, you know, uh, God bless it because I had to develop a personality. So um, so, so uh, they do these things and, and or they might ask um, something like, um, what is your best friend's name? And tell us, you know, what is one thing your friend does that makes you nervous? Mm. Because they're, they're really starting to invade now in in a very personal relationship. Um, they'll ask, who's your mom? Well, tell us about your relationship with your mom this you morning. Know who else does
2: things like that? Pedophiles.
1: Yeah, yeah. pedophiles, groomers.
2: Yes, 100%. Groomers, 100%. And, and that's one of the other things, too, is, I mean, if I put on my tinfoil hat for a moment. <laughs> um, the, I think we're all <laughs> I mean, what better place, right? What I better mean, place? W- so we already know about groomers, right? Or, or pedophiles, sorry. About pedophiles is... They're going to try to flock mm-hmm. to children, right? Yep. So they're going to be teachers. Mm-hmm. They're going to be daycare. They, you know, the, mm-hmm. in churches, in you know, children's ministry, like all of that stuff, that is That's where. Right?
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, that, like, that is where they're going to go. Right. So now if we get them into these situations, we start telling them that they should feel this way. We start love bombing them. Uh-huh. I mean, this is, and, and whether it's, you know, um, how many times do we uh-huh. hear about, the teacher having an inappropriate relationship with the student right. oh, you know so much. and, and, and mm-hmm. when you hear about a lot of them they're doing these things they are and, mm-hmm. and the children they're, we know their brains are not developed enough to yeah. understand it yeah And so we're having to um, you know look at it from that lens and, and also be concerned because um, you know so we're telling them to feel this feel this way to treat people this way, but, and we, we won't get into this too much, but then we have sexually explicit books mm-hmm. um, in the schools. There's a book called Beloved, and it actually has um, rape.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it bestiality. says the N-word inward a lot. I think like it's s- something like 60, 60 to 90 times. times. Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. And it has bestiality. Oh it, I mean, it talks about having sexual intercourse with cows, and that's in the K through eight, wow. kindergarten so, through eight. Yeah, grade. So you're exposing kids so to this. We're telling them that they have to, you know, like kind of go by all these different things, mm-hmm. and then we're saying that this stuff is okay. And it's just, you know, opening the door. Um, it, it may only be a trap for one student,
3: but in my mind, that's one student <laughs> too, too many. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. And it sounds like the parents are probably the greatest threat to their agenda. Yes, one hundred percent. Trying to put that separation, yep. like with the questions, with the panorama surveys, shaping them in a way where it's making them view their parents in a negative light, yes. or the people that exactly, and their then life. we
2: have safe to tell, right? So that is mm-hmm. um, a number that you can text or call anonymously and make a report about anything. Well, who could you report with? I mean. If I'm concerned about my friend Amber, mm-hmm. um, you know maybe she's suicidal. Um, I'm gonna go talk to my mom. Right. Actually, that happened to me when I was in high school. Yeah. You know, I had a friend, and I was like, "Mom, you know, this isn't a good like, situation, but this is creating an environment where they can do that without getting any adults involved, involved. and that yeah. is very, very scary. Well, it's that that whole
1: community aspect, right? So, right. so they really want parents. Involved in teaching this SEL at home, or really being involved in it, they have resources for you to Mm -hmm. take home to learn this at home, because they wouldn't want you to undo all of their hard work. And it reinforces, you know, in the evening and weekends and school breaks. Mm -hmm. um, You know, they're even they're castles essentially replacing parents with the schools, and the schools are totally cool with it. I mean, think about. The, uh, they just see dollar signs. They they do see dollar mm-hmm. signs because they get a lot of funding for this. I mean, this it was built into some 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 um, acts that have been passed. But um, they're even feeding our kids two mm-hmm. meals a day now, right? Because Colorado passed right. breakfast and lunch, mm-hmm. right. so now we have breakfast and lunch, and they've even thrown out dinner. I've heard it in discussed. District, so
2: in District Six, mm-hmm. um, actually, the um, secretary. Of somebody for the United States I can't remember somebody yeah. somebody. somebody said
4: <sighs>
2: um, came to recognize district 6 mm-hmm. so district 6 was the um, we have mill levy override which is basically um, a mill levy is the amount that is determined of how much of your property, property taxes, taxes. Mm-hmm. can go to the schools but then if you vote on a mill levy override it allows them to increase that so they can get more funding And and part of that is they have this like situation with the with um, state funding. So depending on you know enrollment, there's so many different factors. But the the state may not give you as much money as what you actually need. And so um, your what's in for the mill levy, you know maybe between the two that's not enough. And so we need to dump in even even more money. So we voted. board we voted um, in August yes last August um, to actually continue so every other school district in the state of Colorado um, stopped getting COVID money to feed the children all of them got COVID money to feed children Um, most of them stopped at the end of the school year last Mm -hmm. year so last May Um, but district 6 voted as the board voted to use miller override money to continue this Um, so and everybody qualifies for it Um, you get break free breakfast you get free lunch get an afternoon snack and sometimes you can get dinner depending the dinner one Mm. is very much dependent upon like what your home situation is and they actually do like Maybe but once, more but as once you do case. that,
1: it opens the door for more, right? Excellent. So one of the other things that they've talked about um, doing is extending school hours. You've probably heard that. Mm. Um, and then they, there's even been some debate about um, summer break and how kids, like, fall behind because of it. And so there's been talks about going full year round. And, and honestly, I mean, if and you're looking at this, days? well, why they want your kids longer. Because well, I have to continually be feeding them this stuff. One of the things that,
2: stuff. that they encountered oh in, the, in District 6 was um, last year, so the, the teachers union and the school district always have negotiations every year, mm-hmm. and they talk about, like, negotiation, you know, your price and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And last year, um, I guess the teachers had said something along the lines of, we need more breaks, that we are getting burnt out because we're in school too much, And they wanted to change the calendar from the traditional, you know, we start the second week of August and we're usually out the second to third week of May, kind of depending on how it all falls. Mm. And uh, they looked at four different ones and it was so interesting to see because there were teachers and parents who were really getting involved and saying, we don't like this. Um, One of them was the extended calendar, which would basically give the children a a spring break every month. You'd get a week off every month um, starting in October, cause no, I'm sorry, starting in the end of September um, would be the first one, and it's kind of like, you know, you guys have barely been in school for like for a, a minute. month and been a half, school for a minute. you already need a whole week off. But one of the perks that they did say to it was that um, they would be able to, you know, everybody goes to Disney World for spring break, or you know, those types of things. It would be off cycle so that they could go, but it was going to, that schedule was going to only give them a five-week summer, and it was really interesting to see teachers and parents alike kind of standing up and saying, you know, "We, we don't want to do this. We don't, and they didn't want to extend the school day at all as well to try to, Make up for more, you know, because you have to be in you have to be person in for so many hours, yeah. like
1: cumulative hours.
2: Um, so they they were definitely, you know, trying to bypass that. But yeah, I mean, they were they were concerned about if we um, would we be able to, so we get federal money to continue feeding the kids even in the summer time. And so, you know, they were worried about losing out on that money, and, and how can they take care of everybody? It's always the, it's always the money. It always comes back to that. But um, since, you know, they're, they're just trying to replace
1: parents, I yes. mean, and that's yep. that's really the idea. I mean, mm. they're, they're building medical facilities on campuses, um, and they... They do it under the guise of oh it's so convenient you know it's right. it's right here and you don't even have to take them we'll take them we'll take them to the dentist too yeah um we'll I go know. get their jabs. we'll just bring for them for you uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah pr- but that's essentially what they're doing yeah. right so th- so they they put in this this programming into our kids and and they want to constantly be feeding it to them i mean
4: yeah. because
1: it only works if you're constantly feeding it right. to them right? right if they go home and become um, Brainwashed. I don't know what you yeah. say. They they un- they undo the work. Um, yeah. Then they have to kind of start all over. They, so when they're putting it in, you know, they're 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 doing these things. They're doing these tests. They're they're uh, they're accumulating all of this information, mm-hmm. and then it has to be analyzed. Well, okay. do you think it's the school that's analyzing it? No, yeah. they're working with third party health uh, mental health management companies. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, that's. Kind of sketchy. Well, then they're looking at it, and then they're giving the school some feedback, saying, "Well, these are the interventions that you need to do." Um, so they're collecting this info, mm-hmm. selling the info, mm-hmm. and then psychologically using it against your children. Right. Because, as we heard, that Castle said it's going to change. Right. It is mm-hmm. really going to. Um, it really is a moving, move all moving parts because. The system itself, all of these tests really determine where the where the program is going to go.
4: Right.
1: So they they use something called a multi-tiered system of support, um, and it's like a essentially it's like a dashboard that kind of comes in, and and you might have different companies that 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 work with you, but you get this the survey information or these these quizzes or these interrogations as you might call mm-hmm. them, and they have to put it all somewhere. So it goes to to a system, and this is where you can see the different interventions, right? So you can see, okay, we've given it to all of the kids. Now, which one of those needs a little bit more? Because these kids have all conformed; it's great. Right. Right? But we've got some that are like in the middle, yeah. and they they might need just a little bit more.
4: Right.
1: Okay, so they're gonna they're gonna go ahead and do the the little bit more for those kids.
4: Mm-hmm. And then
1: there's then there's this really tough group, those those Christian kids, right? Because they're really hard, so we really got to give them more. So it's it it's group, then it's subgroup, and then it's individualized, right. really, in how they do these interventions. And and it really, it's scary when you think about it. Right. It yeah, really is and when, scary. When like,
0: Christian kids aren't conforming, let's right. make their lives And really, I
1: mean, really that's, hard. they've done the study on it. It's it yeah. the kids who have morals
3: Mm-hmm. that have been instilled in them through Judeo-Christian values. And their identity mm-hmm. is rooted in Christ, because it's an yes. identity yes. crisis. That's what this is, because games. they want to yes.
1: take the identity and have this mm-hmm. group-think type of mentality, this mm-hmm. socialist Absolutely. idea.
2: Well, and I think it's interesting, too, um, how it kind of all goes in with that. Is um, So in the 2021-2022 20, school year, um, the District 6 implemented student IDs but they have RFID tracking chips embedded inside of them like you you know the ones that you get in your credit card but you know how you can see it on your credit card these were in between we could only we only found them somebody somewhere but turned on a flashlight and held it uh, underneath the student ID and it has a red kind of a glow that comes up And you can see the little, it's just a little tiny chip in there. Um, And so when I found that, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I did not consent. to the truck up. I did not consent to Mm -hmm. this. When did I consent to Mm -hmm. this? When did you tell me? And they couldn't figure it out. The principal didn't even know. And he's a principal and a parent of district students. And he was like, what are you talking about? You know, and then he found it and he was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Well, so I started looking into it more, and the chips, or the IDs come from a company that has a partnership with a group that the Department of Education, so the US Department of Education funds, called um, Positive Behavioral Innovations Systems. And it is a three-tier support system on these kids. And what it basically is going to do, because as they were explaining it to us, they said, I'm sorry, as they were talking about the, the IDs, not explaining any of the RFID, because they won't talk about any of that with me. Um, they would said, we are now going to be able to track the children from one building to the next. And that's just a crazy statement, all in all. Mm-hmm. But, I, but what it sounds like, what their meaning is, when you go from elementary school to a new school, a new middle school, right? This ID, this chip, all of this stuff is collecting data on you that will then be given to your middle school so they'll know about you and they can learn about you. There's no clean slates. And and so there's three tiers. Everybody starts out in the bottom one, and that's, you know, and, and, and on the website for Positive Behavioral, Innovation Systems, or PBIS, PBIS, it does say social-emotional learning. And it's so, okay, You're everybody's in the bottom tier, everybody's doing good, but then if you're, you know, a problem child, a Christian, we don't know exactly what, you're going to get moved up into the next one. We're going to have to do gonna, a little
1: bit more for you. Yeah, so oh, then you're going to oh have to do a little gosh. bit more,
2: and then you're going to move up See into the top fits. tier mm. if you're truly a problem child. So, like, the um, kid that just shot up Denver East... Um, I'm not sure if they have this there, I would assume, because it's a Denver school, and we know Denver. Um, But he would have been in the top tier because he needed, of interventions, Mm -hmm. because he needed a, um, you know, he was on the safety plan to make it safe for him, for the other kids, for for him him to to be be at school. Mm -hmm. But that would have all been in there and say he transferred to another school inside the Denver School District, it would have gone with well, him, and they would have all known that these were steps that needed to be done with him, which in this situation, the Denver East situation, um, I can see the benefits to it. Yeah, because it's it, this one was you know, a behavioral thing
1: that is putting other people at risk, right? Mm-hmm. But there are some of these things that are just because they just aren't going to budge on their belief system, Right.
2: right? Uh, Last year at um, one of the high schools in Greeley, they had uh, Gay Pride Week. And this one kid, he was so offended by that because he was like, I don't get a straight week. Like, what are you talking about? This is so crazy. Mm -hmm. And so he went home and he made a shirt that said, Stop grooming me and had the American flag on there. Well, he, he then had like a target on his head. Because he spoke out against the agenda. His mom has a target on her head because mm-hmm. she stood beside him. And, I mean, they were getting him with the craziest stuff. They tried to say he stole um, a, a hand weight. Yeah, because he put his hand down by his side and then picked it back up and put it on the counter. And they said he tried to steal it. Oh, my god. A word. hand weight? A hand weight. Like...
1: Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so so they' they're, they're compiling all of this information right And you, you, you sit here and you wondering, like, who's who's doing it though in the school? And essentially it's teachers who don't have this kind of training, but they're they're doing these mental health type exercises with our kids yep. And mm-hmm. And really, I mean, it should be illegal and, and I mean, I think technically it is because if they're if they're practicing mental health, medicine yep. or medical mm-hmm. things without a license and without mm-hmm. it being in a right. controlled environment, yeah. it's illegal. So yes. not only should they stop doing it, but they should also probably be in prison for doing it. Right. I for mean sure. but I don't think that they all really know exactly what it is they're doing.
4: Yeah. Um,
1: but these kids are, are doing these tests, you know, and when we were talking about like Tell me about your mom. I, you know, I think of things like that. Like my kid and I, we go rounds in the morning. Oh yeah. Because she is a turd sometimes. Yeah. And so we go rounds, and I think you know when she gets to school. Oh man, if someone asked her immediately about me, she'd be like, "My mom," you know, right. this dramatic fashion about how yeah. horrible I am because I made her get dressed, and I can't <laughs> believe that I told her, you know, that you know, she had to know. brush
2: her hair. I had to brush
1: something. her hair. You know, something ridiculous. But right. But. You know, to her, that was a big deal. Right. So they're taking things. Well, really... they're not
2: asking these kids. What's the flip
1: side? Yeah. What's the... what? My mom said, if I didn't get
2: in the car, yeah. she was
1: gonna kick me in next week. Yeah. Well, I was telling her that. That doesn't mean I'm actually gonna kick her in next week because you can't physically do that. But you know, those are those those things that are happening, and, and um, it's just, it's well, really. I mean, it's just so scary when you think about it because right. they they're learning everything about your kid. Mm-hmm. And and they're kind of it's being f- sold and, and it cannot be anonymous. There's no way that this is anonymous, no. because how would they know which kids need to be targeted right. if it's anonymous? So don't the, give me that. Well, so how do
0: they know that with the chips? Like, what do the chips do?
1: well, the, I'm assuming. I mean, if it's if it's like another microchip, if it's another, you know, RFID chip. Those contain information. So, like, with when it's a credit card, yeah. it's all of your credit card
2: information, your name, yeah. your address, your you know, all right. of your contact stuff. So, what is coming up? We don't know. They won't answer me. Really? I've asked them multiple times. I've suggested. I've encouraged every way that I possibly could that they notify the parents. And we're when not, are you going to? Oh, why the pa- they still they, they still don't, to this still have day not, have not notified? If anybody know. knows, it's probably because of me, right? <laughs> Um, And it's alarming that they're not. That's what I keep saying to them. is this in
0: all schools? You would say all public schools?
2: You know, we know of a couple of districts
1: in in Colorado for sure, Mm -hmm. just because we know the partnerships that they're doing and we've seen the schools that they kind of boast about. um,
2: I'm sorry, Boulder Valley has it. So um, I did a Colorado Open Records Act against them because they weren't giving us any information. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually work... For um, a general contractor. And so I have a lot of experience with reading quotes. And so I Cora'd, Colorado Open Record Act, um, their, the quote from the company that they got them from. And on there, they had sample IDs. And they had two districts on there um, Boulder Valley, which is, there's absolutely no shock. Shock, there. right? No, right. Um, but also Johnstown. Mm, the wow. Johnstown Milliken District has them. Which is they, so not like they a... actually implemented them um, in the fall of 2020 because it was supposed to help them understand cohorts and you know staying in the right groups. and well, they sold and it. All of they sold that.
1: it to them under the.
2: You know, yep. under
1: the right thing for but them to get it. But they didn't even ask
0: yeah. the parents. They didn't even tell the parents. No, nope, the they're parents not. They're
1: not. They did not even know either. They're not. Wow. I mean, when they're doing these tests on our kids, they're not telling us about that either. Right. I mean, they say they
2: are. They say they're sending things out, but they're not. What? Well, right. and, you an you email know, that you didn't. An example. <laughs> an example of some of these questions that they're asking the kids. Um, so, our district um, sent an email one way. For the fall panorama survey and then sent it a totally different way for the winter. And and
1: panorama is one of those multi-tiered systems of support. So something you have to utilize to make your SEL work, right?
2: And um, so I was able to opt my daughter out of the one in the fall. I was like, no. No. Told her, don't you ever take any surveys. If they ever ask you to take a survey, tell them no. And if they have a problem, you call me. I will Dukes of Hazard up the front lawn <laughs> any minute, kind of a thing. Well, what ended up happening was there was a winter one. Um, my daughter was told that she had to do it. It is for a grade, which is explicitly against what the script is that the teachers are given. They're given a script on how to administer these panorama surveys. And so, um, a survey is being graded. So, they say it's because it's in homeroom, and in homeroom, you have the to participate. And so, there's this. And so, um, my daughter, who ha- has struggled academically, was never gonna, I mean, she's not gonna not do something and get a bad grade. I mean, she is terrified of that. Right. And so, she took it um, against my will um but she did take screenshots of the questions so these are some of the questions Um, my teacher respects my cultural background it's kind of a weird question my teacher respects me as an individual our classroom materials books articles videos art music posters etc reflect my cultural background How often do you have classes with students from different racial, ethnic, or cultural backgrounds? How often do you spend time at school with students from different races, ethnicities, or cultures? How often do teachers encourage you to learn about people from different races, ethnicities, or cultures? And there's a couple more, but you can kind of see where it's going. Well, um, when I had said that, you know, I'd questioned the curriculum. At the beginning of the year, one of the things that I was concerned about was um, during the day when my daughter was in class. I got a message from her that says, "I'm gilded," and I was like, "I don't think you're saying what you think." Mm, like, I don't think I don't know think that that is. you know what's going on. Like yeah. that's a weird quote, yeah, like statement. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, And and she said, "No, that's that's the color of my skin." I said, "What do you mean? What are you talking about? What is going on?" And she said. We're on the Home Depot website looking at paint colors so that we can see what color closely relates to our skin tone so they can know what it's called. And I was like, what class is this? Was it math? (laughs) Was it math? She said it was English. I'm just saying. And I was like... (laughs) That wouldn't shock me. I was like, what is going on? So then... She kind of starts telling me some more well anyways they were reading an art um an essay uh, uh, excerpt from an essay that was written by a black woman and she was talking about how she was in a book club and they had to bring a appetizer an hors d'oeuvre that reflects or is a reflection of their ethnicity and this girl was stumped because she was a mix, a beautiful mix. I can't remember all the different ethnicities, but there was like um, Native American, there was Mm -hmm. like Scottish, there was African, like all of like multiple, just like super diverse, not what you would see. Something that totally exemplifies the melting pot that America is and how beautiful it is and so she's talking about like, you know, I don't know what to pick. Well, I mean, if I was asked to do one, I don't know if I would know what to pick off the top of my head either. Um, and she talks about how like, you know, um, generationally we aren't passing down recipes. You're not in the, you know, maybe in the kitchen learning, you know, from your grandma or old recipes. We're not mm-hmm. doing that as much anymore, right? Like right. I use Pinterest for recipes. <laughs> um, but she chooses to identify as just plain black and she talks about the hardship of hailing a cab in in Manhattan when you're black like how does this have anything to do with hors d'oeuvres come on lady um, she then starts to talk about how her family really enjoys watermelon but her mom bought a melon baller and some fancy crystal dishes so they could scoop the watermelon and put it in the dishes so that the white people who were staring in the window judging racially or in racial judgment wouldn't think that it was watermelon but would think that it was sherbet instead and I mean, I it just there's so many weird things. She starts talking about, like, describing the watermelon. And she's like, it almost sounds like she's describing boobs. It's very <laughs> uncomfortable. Like, oh. Oh, is this even. And, uh, he, and she's, like, talking about, like, the pink mounds and stuff. And I'm like, eh, this is weird. So yeah. I was very upset. Like, what does that even mean? I've been white my entire life. And I've yeah. never, never looked in someone's looked in window. I've window, been like, oh, my definitely gosh. Definitely not
1: to see what they are eating were tacos <laughs> I can't believe
2: they're eating tacos. Um, And and so this was, you know, right? And and then the teacher had showed them a video of a guy who was talking about looking at the paint section. Um, The teacher went on to say that in some capacity, she is envious, a a white teacher, was envious of the black community um, uh, for the community that they have with each other or something along those lines. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, that's what you chose to talk about? Like, this is mind-blowing. So, of course, I, sh- you know, shoot off an email to all of the appropriate administrators who happen to all be white. And I said, I'm going to ask you this. As a white person, how many times in your life have you looked through somebody's window <laughs> to see what they were eating? Yeah. I'm going to guess none because that's weird. Like, yeah. that's not... No, you Normal would be
0: considered like a
1: peeping tom, right? Or like well, go to the. Well, i don't really care what
2: white food is. But these, right, right. But these people. Yeah, what is white food? They're, they're teaching these kids this, and then the kids are like, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to grow up, and white people are going to be looking through my living room window." Like, <laughs> that, no, no. Casseroles. <laughs> Casseroles. <laughs> Casseroles. <laughs> tuna, tuna casserole. Potato salad. <laughs>
3: um,
2: and so it just you know it shows how. They're, they're teaching them the social and emotional mm-hmm. learning of, oh, hard, life's hard for black people. They're at a disadvantage. Can't they can't even, even eat Hail watermelon. a cab. <laughs> I want to know how right. this mom got the watermelon. Where did you get it from? Did you <laughs> stick it under your shirt at the store? Like, like someone saw you buy it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I assume. Yeah, hopefully. And then, you mm. know, one of the other things that we had a major issue with, and it just shows kind of how easy... They just kind of slip it in there. Um, the U.S. history teacher was mm-hmm. saying that, so we've all heard, I believe, I'm assuming, um, Thomas Jefferson was racist. Did you oh, guys know no. that? Oh,
4: Never.
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, Thomas Jefferson was racist, but he's also a rapist. Oh, wow. I asked for the proof. Like, where That's did you find, you, know, at? you find this where did you find this But there's claims that he had a child... With one of his slaves, it, it is known he was a slave owner, mm-hmm. but that he that he had had a child with one of his slaves—that's actually not been proven. Right. Um. But if he had, then he forced her because he was the master and she was the slave. So therefore, he's a rapist. Mm-hmm. Um. And I actually was just kind of saying it to someone that I knew would probably agree with that craziness. And I was like, did you know that Thomas Jefferson's a rapist? And she's like, "Um, well, yeah, I think everybody knows that. And I said, well, I don't think that that's true. Yeah. She goes, well, if he wasn't, the people he was around were. Like, oh, wow. Benny that's, Franklin. could you imagine, all old. could you imagine if we'd said that, you know, about <laughs> Will Smith? Like, well, I, yeah. He's in Hollywood with yes. all, you know, he must health. be. You must be one of those. Um, yeah. wow. She wow. also, they, <laughs> they were also taught that um, separation of church and state means that you don't have to love God and you won't be arrested for it. Um, mm-hmm. So if you just kind of see how this stuff is being implemented yeah. and, and just these little cracks. If my daughter didn't have us at home... Who have already taught her a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. but then for her to come to and say i mean she's even come to me and said hmm, what do you think of john f kennedy she, he's a democrat and i'm like he was he was a good mm-hmm. person like he want you know he wasn't an extremist he was probably mm-hmm. what we would call a you know middle road now i'm yeah. um, more than a democrat mm-hmm. um but it just opens the door. I, I mean, yeah. even as a child of the 90s. Um, I feel really old saying that.
1: Yeah, because y'all were born in the
2: 90s. We were yeah. we yeah. were taught, or I guess I shouldn't
1: <laughs> say taught, oh,
2: but we were, and in, we were like in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> we were informed that separation of church and state was to keep this church out of public schools. Yes. Instead, it's to That's keep the government was. out of Out church. of the
0: church. That's what I was taught too. And I went to a private school. Yeah. I went to a private school and I went to like pretty good schools. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I was taught those things.
2: Yeah. Like, I i mean, I was, I'm talking like I was 37, yeah. 35, something like that, 36. When I actually found out the truth, I was like, yeah. huh. Interesting.
1: Right. Mine was just the, the deep dive that I did with constitutional stuff. But, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it, I mean, I was like... But if we have this... Not my age now, but several years ago. <laughs> if we have yeah. this
2: mentality of, you know, separation of churches, and state is either so you don't want to love God and you won't be arrested or to keep God out of public schools. But well, we mm-hmm. just found out that one of the brand new high schools in Greeley has a foot washing station for during Ramadan. What? Mm-hmm.
0: Do they have a Bible reading station? And
2: that... The, exactly. After you want to be the Bible reading well, station? I'm, right? I'm Go actually going to, I'm going to inquire what entrees are going to be <laughs> offered next Friday. So I'm going to be so like, the
1: meatless? <laughs> that was my question. So, okay. Um, so they're accommodating. But we're,
4: Ramadan. We're...
1: we're but what about, them. we're in Lent right now. Yeah. So what, where are all my Catholics at? What are they eating yeah. on Fridays? Right. right. Are they giving you, you fish? Yeah. Are they giving you a meatless option? Right. Or is salad, which is available every single day, the only option? Right.
0: right. And say with, like, Jewish holidays.
1: Yeah. Are they feeding you pulled pork that day? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> right? Like, I'm very offended. You know, uh, I mean, those. Are, I mean, those are really things to consider, though. In this, right? But this yeah. is like a
2: subtle social emotional learning of you must accommodate the Muslims, but you can kick the Christians yeah. to this curve. They're not important. They're a problem. Right. But the Muslims are also not getting as involved. If we could wake up the, because we have a we have a large Muslim we community do. in Greeley. We do. Um really? Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, back in two thousand and seven. Uh, immigration raided JBS, um, the meatpacking plant. And so they needed, like like a lot of imp- workers were uh, deported. And so they needed to figure out quick how to staff that plant. And so they had a plant, they have a plant in Somalia. And so they went there and said, we will pay for you to move to America to go work at this... So they paid their entire, like for their entire move here, got them situated with housing and all of this stuff. So we do have a, a very large Muslim community. community. Uh, but how do we justify, you know, saying it's okay to, to treat one, you know, one way or one another way? It, it's mm-hmm. not. And, and to say that, okay, this is open for the students that need to wash their feet, you know. Right. It, well, I'm going to wash them all like the disciples. I'm going to go over
1: there and wash yeah. feet. Oh, yeah,
2: there you go. Well, I honestly thought about line saying up. something about that. So yeah. uh, will we be able to come in on uh, Thursday evening before Good Friday yeah, so we that we, wash we can the wash the yeah. feet? Because um, right. that's also important to us. Yeah,
1: it's yeah, it's it's um it's interesting because really, like, if they're going to say no religion is allowed in schools, then it needs to be no religion. And right. I, I, now I don't agree with that. Right. Um, I, 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 I wear my faith on my sleeve like I'm proud and mm-hmm. and
2: um, but well but if you look at it too though but they are teaching Christianity are teaching. is what is going to stop and keep them correct from this crazy critical race right because yeah. your identity or mm-hmm. is in Christ and should mm-hmm. only be in Christ mm-hmm. um, the social emotional learning I mean. Oh man, I can't tell you how many times we hear about the good Samaritan and, and and how like, you know, that's that's social emotional learning. That's why he did that. And it's like, right. ah, no. Yeah. And I mean, that's it's great to be a good Samaritan. Everybody should strive to be a good Samaritan, right? Like you should just but, be a good human. But yeah. if you're not going to also but you're not hurting anybody, it's Probably not the end of the world either, Um, and so you know, should we say like, yes, you should go out and help others that you see that are you know need help, but also, it's it's not required, and that's where it's on you. Yes, if you do that, right,
1: right? it's on you. It's it's a it's a heart thing, and it's Mm -hmm. if you if really like for me, if God's leading me to do it, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen, right? right? Right. Um. Well, so. One of the big things social-emotional learning really, like, pushes and really, really, really pushes is uh, compromise. They they actually kind of look at that as one of their biggest, like, virtues, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you can compromise, you are, like, a very well-rounded, you know, you're very well, you are a really good person if you can compromise. So then I think about that, and I'm like, okay, compromise isn't always bad, because, mm-hmm. like, we all have to do it, right? Like, if you're in a relationship, if you're married, like... I can't hog the TV all the time, even when I want to. Like, I have to compromise and let my husband watch stupid car shows sometimes. Like, that's just how this goes. Um, but I think about if you're constantly compromising. Compromising is really to take something less than you had anticipated, right? right. right? Um, so someone's bringing in their value or their idea or their belief, mm-hmm. and you're bringing in yours. And so now you have to come to this middle ground belief. So have you lost your belief? Because you've basically created an entirely new belief. Mm-hmm. And there's these things in life you should never compromise on. Yeah, so morals. Morals, faith, faith, family. I will never, ever, yeah. ever compromise on my faith or my freedom. Right. Or my family. Right. And I certainly don't want my daughter compromising yeah. either. Because right. I don't want her to compromise, one, who she is, her mm-hmm. faith. What about when it comes to, like, her purity?
4: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, this this just changes how oh, things are I I mean, approached look right look at look yeah. at how that entire culture has changed how we went from i i even if you look at like the movie grease right like how like Ooh, taboo kind of some yeah. of that the sexual of it is to you know hot girl summer for yeah. little girls and it's like yeah. no you probably shouldn't be but right. Christianity gets in the way of that, right? Yeah, it, it stops does. that sexuality. It stops whether sexualization whether of children. Mm-hmm. It's yes, whether it's you know straight sexuality or um, homosexual sexuality, you know whatever mm-hmm. it is, the Christian faith gets in between and says it no, don't don't do this, stop this. You shouldn't live this life. I mean, the, the, and that's what it is. I I can't help but say that this is Satan yeah. at, at the core of all of it. Um, yeah. Kill, steal and destru- destroy is really what this really is. Right. Fighting
1: powers and it's peace it's powers. really breaking down the person. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's really taking them from being a a person who can think and feel on their own, right? You should be able to think and feel. Like I am a I'm a big proponent of the First Amendment. I think you all know that, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to fight for your right to be as stupid as you want to be. I mm-hmm. may not agree with you. I'm probably not going to agree with you, but I'm yeah. going right. to fight for your right to be stupid, and I'm going right. to fight for your right to say something stupid, and I'm mm-hmm. going to fight for your right to believe what you want to believe.
2: Yeah, um, it's wrong, but it's wrong, <laughs> and, you're, and
1: you're not right because I, you know, but but, but I'm still going to fight for you, right. um, and so. It really is taking that away because yeah. you're not allowing them to free think. You're not right. allowing them to to analyze a situation with a critical eye and not to be confused with critical theory, right. a critical eye where you really are able to process that information and develop your own sense of self and... Yeah, I mean, there's really, like, a, a lot of components that come into that, right? And I mean, even out. your self-esteem can be right. developed in and going through the thought process and deciding things and then having successes and failures, right? Mm-hmm. That's how you develop as a person. Yeah, so yeah. when you take all of that away yeah. and you say everything has to be an equal playing field and you have to think this way and feel this way and mm-hmm. respond this way and decide this way.
4: Right.
1: Um you're you're just making a, a bunch of yes men. Yeah, yeah. A bunch who, of little robots <laughs> who do not know how to function. And I, yeah. I truly we've talked about it. I said we have people who cannot function in life. They can't even call and make their own doctor's appointment. Yeah. They don't know how. Yeah. Huh. They, I mean, like, if they can't you, text it, they have no idea
2: how to do it. We yeah. talk about, you know, all these people that are trying to, I say, steal our children from us. But um, we, our doctors are all with the UC Health. Mm-hmm. And so we have the app, right? Because mm-hmm. app. Everything's the app. And um, yeah. I started to notice shortly after my daughter turned 14 mm. I mm-hmm. I couldn't see the same stuff that I could for myself or for my youngest son. Like, mm-hmm. it was really weird. I can't, you know, see what medications she's on. I can't see test results anymore. I can, mm-hmm. like, message them, but it's really limited. And so I was like, something's wrong with my app. And they were like, no. She turned 14. You don't get access to that anymore. I'm still paying for everything. She's living in my house. And I said, who do you (laughs) think is going to schedule this appointment? (laughs) Who do you think is going to drive her to the appointment? Who do you think's going to well, remember she, that there's an appointment? This is where the school She's wants 14, to intervene. She's
1: 14, not 18. Exactly. Right. But this is where the school wants to intervene, mm-hmm. right? They want to be able to take your child no school to the it? doctor. <laughs> you, you wonder. Well, so, they,
2: they suggested to me that for her to create her own account, and then if she wanted to give me access to it, then she could. I said, then we won't do it. I'm not doing this. No.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, when we're talking just a little bit about that, we do have a new mental health bill that's that's being, I think I don't remember when it's being argued. Next week? I feel very confident God. that it's next week because I'm supposed to go there and... Yeah, Anyway, I think so. so but it, really what it does is it takes away parental rights and parental, um, the ability for a parent to help their child decide what is right. Instead, it allows them at the age of 12, 12, and I think about me at 12, it's a hot mess of... Braces and weirdness, and you couldn't have gotten I me mean, to make a good decision just to say like, twelve
4: and
2: younger. It's twelve and older because it's already been in place for well, so older or so to t- some so extent. So twelve,
1: but twelve is the age essentially that they can consent on their own, right? Mm-hmm. So if they're twelve and under, um, the parent can opt them out. Okay, then that's do. right. Okay, they're twelve and under, they can opt them out. If they're twelve and older, even if the parent opts them out, they can opt themselves back in. Wow. Two, and this mental health bill is an assessment. So it's probably going to go along the same lines of the social-emotional learning. I mean, we already know that that's just a big mental health thing anyway. Um, but it, they're going to do an annual mental health assessment on every child. And it's done by a, this is the what they call it, a qualified third party, but they don't specify really that qualified third party. Because the probably doesn't exist yet. Well, that's just it, and they're going to have to build all kinds of things with this. So, this qualified third party, and they're going to assess your children, and it's probably not going to be highly in-depth, right, it's not going to be like psychotherapy. It's probably going to be in the form of a panorama survey or some kind of mm-hmm. questionnaire that your kid is going to fill out in a classroom. And at this point, they're going to be able to make a mental health assessment on your child. So I think about this, and I'm thinking someone who's probably undertrained or unqualified, right? right. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone who has lesser degrees than than Stacy even is going to be able to make decisions on my child. Um, something that may stick with them forever. Like, right. what if they right. say they're bipolar, or um, that they have anorexia, or that they have. Um, generalized anxiety disorder. Those things stay with you, right? So those come into play later in life. So what if they're 10 Mm
4: -hmm. and they're
1: being told that they have anxiety or that they have bipolar disorder, and then at 18, well, sorry, 21 now, um, they want to go buy a firearm. But now is the red flag law going to come into effect? I mean, is Mm -hmm. that, because those things stay with you. Once it's on you, it's really hard if you don't have the right resources to get that off of you.
4: I mean, it really, really
2: is. Another thing, too is so continuing on with the doctor's situation so once the children turn 14 then the doctors will ask you to step out of the room so that they can talk to your child about mental health sex drugs yeah things that 14 year old she needs to be on birth control yes things that the parents um should have an idea of if my child is suicidal i I should probably be the if very my first If child on a medication,
1: call. I should yeah. know.
2: Yeah, and which is why they've taken that away. Mm-hmm. So now I can't read her um, appointment summary because if they talked about her wanting to get on the pill, it would be on there, and they don't want me to know.
1: And none of those things should be hidden from parents. Mm-hmm. So oh all gosh. of this takes parents out of the equation, right. right? In fact, um, so I was doing, you know, a little bit more digging because I like I needed to do more digging but I did more digging mm-hmm. because and then I just you like to dig <laughs> uh, so I started reading some articles that have been put out by some of these uh, partners of castles and one of them had a an article um, in education our parents really the best oh, how, did, how did it go our parents really the best solution or do parents really know best do parents really, do parents really know best uh yeah we do Yes, yeah. we know our kids better than anybody yeah. else yeah because one like my daughter lived in me so mm-hmm. she i know her mm-hmm. i the can only way i can tell you when she's up to something i can tell you mm-hmm. i know
2: her well, the only way you mm-hmm. could communicate with your child for at least two years was by their you know facial expressions right. or the sounds of their cries or whatever mm-hmm. don't tell i mean my daughter will be like And you know, you're like, and I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, nothing. I'm like, girlfriend, that is Mm -hmm. the only way that we were able to communicate. (laughs) Nobody knows your facial expressions better than I do. What's Uh, wrong? Well, I just don't like it. Okay, (laughs) exactly. You know, something was wrong. But yeah, they want to undermine the parent. They want to, I I think that's the whole goal of social emotional learning, critical Mm -hmm. race theory, all of this is to undermine the parent. The parent is not capable. When I had um, reached out to the district to complain about the January 6th email, I said, first of all, it is not the school's responsibility mm-hmm. to tell me how to talk to my children mm-hmm. about social events that are going on.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: It's not. It's not your job. Mm-hmm. If I needed help, I'll reach out to you. But see, that's the problem is, is that there was one time, uh, one time when I needed help. I needed, I was on the phone, sobbing my eyes out, like, oh, please help me with my kid. I don't know what to do.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And they reported me to social services. Yeah. Reported me to social services. Social services called me and they said, hi, we got a report that you are allowing your daughter to live in filth, like spiders and mice. Um, you're not taking her to the doctors like she's supposed to go. And we're concerned for her safety. Well, my daughter's a hoarder. (laughs) Which is why I was talking to that lady. Because my kid does not care if her room is... In fact, I actually had to use her full-length mirror today. I had gotten a new outfit. And I I have to, like, put on blinders when I walk in there. Because her room is awful. But it was allowing mice and it was, she didn't care that there was spiders cause she'd never cleaned her room yeah. to dust and get rid of cobwebs. She didn't, you know, things like that. Um, I had had surgery on my right knee and I actually could not bend my knee more than 30 degrees. So like maybe that much. You can't drive like that. No. Yeah. So I couldn't take her down to Denver to see her urologist because I could not drive. Yeah. Like, it was just something like that, and it what I mean, the school was definitely trying to, like, kind of get in there to undermine me, mm-hmm. um, to, to help my my child that didn't need help at all. So, well, wait a minute, <laughs> why would we reach out to you? Right. Now there's a fear, like, if I needed help ever again with my kids, I would never, ever, it's ever, ever reach that, out to the right? district ever yeah. again. Ever. right. Um, and so, I mean, it's creating this barrier where they think they need to replace the parents and and then there are parents who are like well they are way more educated than me I guess they know better than what I right. do yes. um, you know we I think oh it sure would be convenient if they would take my kid to the dentist for statistically, me statistically yeah. um, 70% of our students out of 22,000 are below poverty line mm. and so we are definitely a very low-income um, school and so you know it might be a single parent household um, your mom might have if you live with your mom but your your parent I guess I'll be uh, inclusive um, may yeah. have to work multiple jobs or can't get you to the doctor can't get you to the dentist and and so they're they're hoping yeah. kind of for that um, when I was a single mom before I you know started to finish any college I might have believed the teachers more than me because they were this is what they went to school for they would know right, right. they just you know we have also this ideology that uh
3: they just want what's best for our kids but yeah. that's not always the truth yeah So sometimes, sometimes they want what's best for them yeah. that's true so kind of final thoughts drop everything up what are some action items that people can do to either get involved or speak out against this or from your experience what's been effective
2: um, I feel like one of the first things which might seem kind of weird is to go to your parent-teacher conferences. You need to, you truly do need to meet and know your children's teachers um, to, to kind of understand, you know, where they're at. Um, I, I think that it helps you, you know, kind of know their, their ideologies as well. I mean, if you walk in, right, and, and they have a, a pronouns pin on, well, then I'm already going to be kind of like, okay, so maybe... Um, Kind of keep an eye out on that one or, you know, something. And and not because they do or do not identify with their God-given pronoun, um, Mm -hmm. but more so because they may think that they're doing it to to be inclusive. And and that's where the slippery slope starts to happen. Um, To be involved in your child's school work. Understand mm-hmm. what they're learning. Understand what they're talking about in class. When they send back the work that's graded, look through it. Yeah, read it. See
1: what. The Open the textbook. Look into. Look inside of it. The
2: private school that um, my son goes to started a program, and it's called Frenzy. Oh
1: lord! It's I up at that meeting
2: as quick as I could. <laughs> F R I E N D Z Y. Okay, and I was like, what, what? is this? Like mm-hmm. immediately, and like, I actually uh, did reach out to Stacy. I was like, "Girlfriend, what do you know about this?" And I had another mm-hmm. mom reach out to me and said, "Did you see that?" I was like, "Oh mm-hmm. man, I thought because I thought it was is,
1: because mean? it is under social emotional learning, yeah. mm-hmm. but not all social emotional learnings are created equal. This one right. is on a biblical basis, and it wow. it really does approach it everything from scripture and it yeah. and really I had a lot because the first I thing I heard the moment, that so. they had a they have time that you get to go meet with the administrators, and I was there, and I was like. Cause so many parents were yeah. like, bah! "No, yeah. <laughs> I need to know what is happening." So, so really, that definitely knowing what's going on, be present in the classroom. Yeah, and if they aren't letting you be in the classroom, find out why. Right. Okay, why can't I be here? Right. Because listen, I know you only have so many parents, and I know you only have so many aides that come in here. You and can help always you. use help. You can always use help.
2: That's what we. Uh, if right? I learned from my school education, my public school education, was there was never enough. Help teachers, subs, yeah. any of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I can probably come
1: and at least file paperwork for you or... or Great. I yeah. can wipe down tables. So be be, be present in the classroom and, and find out if they won't let you, uh, yeah. why they're not letting you. And then I would say go, go to school board meetings. Go to the work sessions. Be there. It's not always feasible to be at every single one of them, and I get that, because people do have jobs and, and work and things. But... But send somebody, a trusted mm-hmm. friend or a representative or a grandparent, somebody who can go in your place if you can't be there. Or listen. Or, or listen online, online or watch it back. Um, now, you won't get to do the work session that way, but you can do the meeting itself. and listen, In
2: District 6, you can.
1: Not all, just, not yeah, all no, of them just can you do that. that but yeah, but not all of them can you do that. So mm-hmm. I'm saying as a general rule. But really listen back and, and listen for the language that they're using. Are they using those type of inclusive language? Are they using... Um, when they touch on, on updates, like listen for it. And then, and there's involvement, you know, at the, at the community level. There are groups out there who are working together to fight back on this. Um, Parents Defending Education, Moms for Liberty. Um, uh, Colorado uh, Parents. Purple for Parents.
2: What's CPAN?
1: Colorado cool.
2: Parents Advocacy Network. Oh yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So there, there are groups out there and, and they're mobilizing, and they're they're figuring out how we can do this. And then, really, if if you feel led, if if the Lord really directs you, um, run for those run for those open open school board seats. Um, right. It just takes one voice to to just be, even if it's just an annoying voice to them, mm-hmm. but it's something. Right. Well, and it's I think something.
2: above all of those things, the the actual the most important is to truly have that relationship with your child. Or that they feel comfortable to say things that you can ask them, like tell me about, you know, give me some insight as to what was yeah, going on. What you, what um, happened today? um, teaching them, like, this maybe isn't right. Um, when my daughter was talking about the, um, eth- uh, the ethnic assignment, hash, it's yeah. called Ethnic Cash, ethnic um, about you know, the paints and all that stuff. Um, I, I really said, I want, I would really think that it would be great. Like, I really tried to encourage her, like, I really think you should. Say something. Speak up. Don't be afraid. What is she going to do? Yell at you? Kick you out of class? Great. Please. I hope she does. <laughs> I was bored at work. Let's go. Um, yeah. Just kidding. I'm a very non-aggressive person. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just having that ability to to have that open conversation. You know, my daughter, honestly, at one point during 2020, said Black Lives Matter. And I said, no, let's sit down and have a conversation with your stepfather who is black, so that we can talk about what this truly means. And 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 do you
0: know why you're even saying yes? (laughs) Yes, and and she She didn't.
2: It was because everybody else was doing it, so she thought that that was what was, you know, Mm -hmm. good. Um, And and so just to have those hard conversations with your kids. Mm -hmm. Are there racist people out there? Yes. But you know what? I'm gonna teach you and tell you that you can reach the stars, shoot for them. You're going to achieve great things, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And and that's really the conversations that we should be having with our children. But just just kind of encouraging them, empowering them. Um, you know, now that I know the panorama surveys are not mandatory, they cannot grade. Them. I want you to stand up when the teacher says it's for a grade and say no. My it's mom not. says no. Bye. Yeah. yeah. To to just at least have that mm-hmm. conviction to stand on right. to to trust in God that mm-hmm. I am truly doing what I need to be doing right now this is to sit here and be silent is not right um, right and, and to encourage them to help and lastly like yeah, I would say prayer
1: yeah we need to be praying we need yeah. to be praying for our schools and for our children yeah. and um, letting your kids see that because um, that's really powerful
2: when they're getting hit with anti-christian, you know, um, agenda constantly mm. to, to show them like, nope, we're still going to pray. We're still going to keep our faith. Mm. God wins every single time,
1: you oh, know, man. like and, and it doesn't mean extended. there won't be a battle. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. yep. Uh, right, judges?
4: yep.
3: yep. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for the work. Thank you guys doing and for coming. And yeah, thank you. We appreciate it. It's great. This is a lot of information. And yeah.
1: Don't of. a word dump I mean, I could do like 75,000 different things with right. you probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll probably have you guys back on. Great. Yeah. Well, thank
0: you.
4: I hope everybody enjoyed and learned a lot. Thank yeah. you. Thanks.